Wow, Dad, that's really impressive. Yeah, after I stopped drinking, this was a way to stay close to my bottles. I'd smash him all for one lousy beer. Four finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Figure Discount. This week we're here to review the episode that was going to be a finale and the show didn't need a finale. It's Holidays of Future Past. I'm Dando. I am Mitch. How are you, Dando? I'm always good, mate. How about yourself? I'm very good. Now explain that little tidbit of information to me before we get too far. You didn't know that? No, I didn't. I oh, did wow. no research. That's what, the <laughs> that's what this episode is known for being the potential finale. So Al Jean said later on that because at the time they were going through contract negotiations with the cast... Mm-hmm. And Al Jean said that had those negotiations fell through and they couldn't get the cast to re-sign with the show, that they would have made this the finale. This would have been the finale of the show. So in saying yeah, that, right. since you didn't know that, so I was watching it with that in the back of my mind, you didn't know that. Would this in your mind be a worthy finale? Um, look, if it had been billed as that in advance, yeah, I could have copped that. If it had just been a case of this was the episode that got made and they were unsure as to whether it was going to be the finale and then afterwards they said, all right, that's the end. For some reason, I don't think it would have been as satisfying that way. So I'm, I'm, I'm not too sure if they knew going in that it was going to be a finale would have they just selected this one. But I think, I think of all the newer episodes that I've seen, I think this one wraps up things more nicely than anything else I've seen. Maybe just because I sort of, maybe because this is the only one they've actually suggested being a finale that I'm looking at it in that way. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know about wrapping it up, but it does at least take it to a place that it hadn't been before. So, one thing that would be difficult about ending a show that is an in, a show that's stuck in an infinite loop is trying to figure out how you end it without sort of, you know, just making it feel like it's any other episode. Whereas, at least by doing it this way, you do get that thing of it, it ends and they're in the future. And you go, okay, well, that's that's the life that became at The Simpsons. And you can deal with that as a way to say goodbye. It does take us to new places. And that's one of the reasons why, because for those of you listening at home, this is the uh, Patreon-exclusive podcast selected by our dear friend, Mr. Dylan Haggett. And he sent in why he selected this episode. And that's one of the reasons, because it takes us to a place that we've, uh, we've never seen before. So he's wrote in and he said... He decided to request this episode, Holidays of Future Past, because it's a sweet story where we get to see the future, which is always fun, as well as Bart and Lisa as parents, which to his knowledge is the first time in the show's history that we get to see the two of them in that role. The episode shows some of the changes in this version of the future, like Ralph being a police officer or Lenny and Carl swapping minds, which to say the least is very jarring. I agree with that. Uh, mm. Bart and Lisa are still recognisable personality-wise in the future versions of themselves, while still being somewhat different to their 10 and 8-year-old past selves. Uh, the two of them reconnecting with the kids is a very nice plot, and that's true. And the ending with the four generations of the Simpsons family is very touching. I think that's what this episode did well. I agree with Dylan. I think this is a very a very sweet story. The way it all wraps up at the end, it, it feels like a nice little Christmas story. Uh, yeah, I'd agree with that as well. It's, it's. I think sometimes it suffers a little bit from the fact that the comedy is quite jarring to the storyline. Uh, some of the jokes are a little bit... I don't know. Some of the jokes are really lowbrow, whereas the story stories pitching in that kind of sweet, uh, sort of, well, sweet spot for want of a better word. But overall, I think that that is probably one of the biggest strengths of this episode. Uh, some I, I really enjoyed. 
Homer in this episode in particular, yep. when he's hanging out with the grandkids, that stuff just felt real. It felt nice. Uh, it was Lisa's, it's not overly unique to have a mother struggling to deal with her or, or to what's uh, to relate to her connect, teenage yeah. daughter or connect to her, but it still felt very believable that she would. So there's a lot of that stuff that rang true, and I think that is the strongest stuff of the episode. The comedy in this episode, I think, is okay. It's hit and miss. Um, it is hit and miss. It's got some moments that are very funny. It's got some moments that you see coming. And I, that's one of the biggest jumps for me of just the timing of the comedy. Like, the actual structure and the pace of the jokes is very different in this episode compared to... And it's not just this episode, and it's not just The Simpsons. I think that's true of comedy in general, that will... Um, I'll point out a few things along the way as to where I feel like just modern modern TV comedy in particular has walked down this path. The one gag that I'll just point out now that I sort of went, oh, I didn't really need that, was the Homer saying the new penis arrives tomorrow mm-hmm. or something along those lines. I sort of thought, Ugh, that, that just didn't need to be there at all. What so, was the point? Yeah, that was one for me where... I mean, regardless of whether or not it needed to be there, if you think that's funny, you think that's funny. I've got no dramas with that. For me, it was more that it's one example and it's one of several examples of jokes in this episode where the structure of the joke is a setup, a clarifying question, and then the punchline. So it's a big bang theory. (laughs) Kind of, yeah. Are you interested in future sex? Why are you saying that? Like, it's right now. No, I mean, in the future, the new penis gets in it. Like, like, come on, you, you see that joke coming as soon as he asks the question. Maybe not the new penis bit, but the idea of the fact that he's talking about sex some point in the future. Um, so that sort of stuff, for me, it's just not as funny as a joke that grabs you from nowhere, which I think The Simpsons did really, really well at its peak. And I think comedy in general does really, really well at its peak, whereas the sort of comedy that I'm not as big a fan of, you mentioned The Big Bang Theory, it's exactly that. Now, that is insanely popular. So Very successful. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, it's not to say, look, I'm probably in the minority here, but I just don't enjoy as much a joke where I see the punchline coming from a mile away. But you mentioned it before, though, the transformation of Homer. What I loved is that we're seeing Homer here who's no longer a drinker, but by choice. It's, we've yeah. had that storyline in the past where he's had to give up drinking, but he's you know he's driven him mad and he hates... I guess Duffless, he does change to an extent. It ends with Marge and Lisa. I imagine Homer riding off on the bike and it's a nice, sweet ending, but still, he was resisting it. He didn't want to. Here, he's for a long time now not been a drinker and he's he's grown up. He's a completely different person. He's, he's a proper family man now. And I think this is a great version of Homer that we don't get to see enough of. Yeah. I Like, how much of that is the drinking and how much of that is the fact that he's now... You know, seventy years old. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I've, like, I've even noticed you'd hope my dad grow since, up since we've had Elliot. My dad, he's just become a granddad. You know. Yeah, it just, right. It just okay. changes you. Like my my dad now. I'm seeing. I'm, I'm I'm sort of looking at the way Bart looks at Homer. I look at my dad and I go, "You didn't you didn't hang out like that with me when I was a kid? You didn't behave like yeah. that. You weren't as fun like that." But I think my dad's just. I know he's just changed. He's quietened down. It's it, this. It's very. I guess you could say this episode. It's real because this is how people. They the older they get, the more quieter and the more. I know they just become nicer people. A lot of the yeah. people. A lot of people anyway. Has he become less punchy? Your dad? Yeah. <laughs> I know you've seen the bruises, man. <laughs> I thought that was Nicola. <laughs> what do you think of the um? Because obviously it's set in the future. What do you think of the technological advances? Do you think they kept it within the 
the frame of reality or do you think they went a bit bizarre? No, they've gone a bit far. I don't think there's a reality that exists where you're plugging the internet into your neck. Uh, Holographic books, look, maybe, maybe not. Not in the foreseeable future anyway. No, not in 30 years' time. But that said, within the realm of creative reality, so as in pop culture and science fiction and that sort of stuff, they haven't gone too outlandish. Um, I think the one thing that was a little bit uh, it was a little bit inconsistent, but perhaps that was an actual comment on the status of things. So, like, Springfield Hospital, for example, has not changed. And I wonder if that's because of the fact that they just couldn't be bothered drawing a new one or if they were trying to, you know, make some sort of joke about um, funding and that sort of stuff there. Did you see Mr. Burns's, um well, not hospital, but some. I did. It's one of my trivia questions. Oh yeah, I can't. Remember, I can't remember what it is. I'll try and think of it then. Okay. Well, in saying that, next question. You there, eating the paste? Uh, okay. So, what was the icon on Homer's tie in the Christmas photo, the very first one? Oh, I'm not too. Is it a Christmas icon? I'm assuming. Yes. Uh, is it a snowman? It is a snowman. I only guess that because he was dressed like a snowman later on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my first question is: What room of the school is Bart staying in? Ah. Uh, as in, like, is there a room number or something? Yeah, or, and I didn't. This uh, is obviously his classroom, I'm assuming, but we never actually yeah, see but, the the number. I think until now, I never noticed it anyway. Yeah, no, I didn't pay, pay any attention to the actual number. I just went, oh, it's his classroom. Yeah, two zero three. Okay, how much of the original share was performing at the concert? Sixty eight percent. Yes, correct. Now, like, I can't be the only one who looked at that and went, but which sixty eight percent? Do you know I've actually seen share live? That's one of my. Uh, one of my secrets that I don't usually reveal to many people, but now thousands of people know. <laughs> <laughs> um, in what capacity? Well, was uh, this in Vegas? Was this when you no, guys no, were... No, no, Nicola went no? to see Celine Dion with a friend when I was in ah, Vegas right. and I went to the bar. Um, so, I bought mum tickets to see Cher and then her friend pulled out at the last minute. So, she was going to see it with my sister and my uncle and then, like, literally the afternoon, her friend cancelled on her and I was like, well, I've paid 200 bucks for this ticket. I'm going. Like, I'm not just going to let no one have it. Like, I might as well use it. Mm. And the village people opened. It was a great time. <laughs> the village people opened for share. What year was this? Oh, 2007, maybe? 2006? Okay. Wow. It was, it was worth it just to see the village people, man. When they came out to um, the body, body, that's what they kicked off with. It was it was great. <laughs> <laughs> that, um, I, so 2007 share in the village people almost sounds like uh, Gillan McLaughlin must have been in charge of that concert. <laughs> <laughs> the AFL halftime show. <laughs> Alrighty, so uh, my next question will be, what uh, book was Homer reading in bed? Ah, it was the Hardy Borgs. Correct. A little cross between the Hardy Boys and the Borgs from Star Trek, Mm. if there's anyone not quite nerdy enough to have understood that joke. (laughs) Uh, My final question is, yeah, what was the Mr. Burns name that was next to the hospital? I can't remember what it was. I just know it was the something something of uh, soul extraction. It was the the Montgomery Burns Institute for Soul Extraction. Well done. Yeah, yeah. Now, one other funny little visual gag in that the soul, the the Institute for Soul Extraction, had an emergency sort of section for a a, uh, ambulance to drive into. The Springfield Hospital did not. Really? Yeah. But the hospital used to have one. uh, Yeah, perhaps it got taken down during the construction and the development stage. But that was definitely a thing that. if you needed to get a soul extracted ASAP, you could get that done. But the uh, hospital, you were going to have to wait. <laughs> My final question is, 
what does Apu confuse Sanjay for? Uh, mongoose? Mm-hmm. That died how long ago? 300 years ago. 600, nearly. Damn. Good guess. Now, we, yes. uh, we just, we just done our trivia. We've skipped ahead because normally we talk about our favorite moment. So, my favorite moment in this episode was the treehouse scene. I really enjoyed mm-hmm. the treehouse scene where Bart and Lisa are kind of like reflecting on their lives, I guess. And it's, I guess this is something that a lot of viewers can relate to because a lot of us watching, life very rarely turns out how you planned it. It yep. doesn't necessarily mean that it's bad. It's just not how you planned. And I think the acting from Nancy and uh, Yardley here was spot on, particularly Lisa. I love the way she's discussing, uh, should I have married Nelson? Because we still talk. Yeah, I I really enjoyed the acting as well, actually, in that scene. But for the fact that you got to see like a slightly drunk, tipsy Lisa, mm. that was pretty enjoyable. Talking about the cookies in that scene in particular, I thought the line delivery on that it was like, "Did you bake the cookies?" Yes, and they were the best cookies everyone anyone that have ever been baked in this house. Yeah, but just just moments after she was whinging about Marge telling her to bake cookies, and it's yeah. just cool because you're seeing. I know, it's just seeing the adult kids bitch about their parents in a way that we've never seen before. Uh, yeah, that's very true. Like, it's uh, they've kind of got the added years of experience in their complaints and their grievances rather than it just be kids complaining because kids complain about things. And I think this episode was, you know, say, in the golden year. We say golden year, the first few seasons. The quote of you're the person I always wanted to be, I reckon that would have been a much more popular quote, what Bart says to Lisa. I reckon that was really well written. Yeah, uh, I'll agree with that. I thought it was um, well written, well delivered. So what was your favourite moment from the episode? Um, I was hard to. It was hard for me to actually choose one, but what I did really like, I mentioned Home with the Kids. I think actually the Christmas montage, like the montage of the cards as the advice to set us into the future, was really, really well done. It told a lot of story through nothing but animation and it was either... Lisa a lesbian for a while? <laughs> well, that, but so like just the simplicity of removing a member. So, Grandpa gets off very early and as much as we find out later he's only been cryogenically frozen, he's not actually dead. He's like that, you watch that and go, oh shit, Grandpa's gone. Yeah, but you believe um, him because that's, that's just life. Yeah, of course. Yeah, exactly. Um. And, yeah, like, the addition of girlfriends for Lisa and then later a husband for Lisa. Uh, Bart's life, you know, feels... Clearly not going great. <laughs> no. like, he, But it's all just told really, really well so that when you arrive 30 years in the future, you've got all of the backstory that you needed. Mm. And it's just purely by virtue of a couple, you know, still shots in the opening title sequence. I thought it was really clever storytelling. Yeah, that's true, because the, the previous uh, ones where they jump ahead in the future, they have to kind of spend a whole act explaining how they got to that point. Yeah, so they sort of mm. summed it up in 30 seconds. It, I never really looked like that. That was really yeah. well done, yeah. Yeah, that was um, really, really clever. And, yeah, I think that... And then I had a soft spot for the um, Mad Max scene. <laughs> so, air, air travel. <laughs> yeah. From this day forward, your names will be... New name for the episode. Did you think of one this week, Mitch? Uh, yeah, pretty lame one. 30 Christmases. What's that a play on? Um, uh, four Christmases, I think, is a... Who's in that? Reese Witherspoon, perhaps, is in a movie called Four Christmases. Okay. Oh, well, it, it can't be in, that good other, even you in don't know who's in it. In some countries, it was referred to as Four Holidays. Four Holidays, okay. Yeah, I think Vince Vaughn's in it. You're just throwing people out there. You're going to be right eventually. Reese Witherspoon, no, Vince I'm, Vaughn. I'm pretty confident on this. Here, four Christmases, Four Christmases trailer, Four Christmases... Uh, starring 
Vince Vaughn, uh, Gary Barber, Jonathan Glickman. Jesus, she's got really low billing, but that I'm sure that's Reese on the front cover. That but is Reese definitely Reese with a spoon. She's not as popular as she once was. How long ago no, was she's that film released? No longer bankable. Uh, when was that? I don't know. Mid two thousand and tens. She was peaking about I don't know what say mid two thousands with Legally Blonde. Legally Blonde was well, two thousand and one was the first one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. When did that? Yeah, that was two thousand and one. See, this is why I enjoy this podcast, Ando. It's for when we get to go on completely irrelevant tangents and take the episode that we're only Strange doing because someone places. paid. Take the episode that we're only reviewing because someone paid us a hundred dollars to do, and end up talking about the career of Reese Witherspoon, and that'll be the last we mention of holidays of future past. But the, the listeners at home—they're learning a thing or two. They're learning yeah. that her career's over and what year Legally Blonde was. Okay, released. so according to Wikipedia, separates her acting year into the following. This is into the following segments. 91 through 98, career beginnings. That would have included movies beginnings. like... Yeah, that would have included something like Fear with Mark Wahlberg. That's the prequel. 99 to 2000, rise to prominence. 2001 <laughs> to 2006, so kicked off by Legally Blonde with worldwide recognition. 2007 to 2012, career downturn. So, that's her, uh, what, Force Awakens? Uh, so you, you got you got Phantom of. Menace, and it goes to Revenge of the Sith, and then you got New Hope or Empire, and then it's just downhill. Yeah. So Reese is going to reinvent herself at some point down the track, and some of the original Reese Witherspoon fans won't like it, but she'll grab an entirely new legion of fans, and then J.J. Abrams will come back in to direct her in a movie to convince all of the old fans that it's still okay and it'll still just be legally blonde like you always knew. And then Ryan Johnson will go, ha ha, tricked you all. <laughs> no, that's already happened. Oh, that's happened. Okay, You've yes, lost yes. my metaphor. <laughs> yeah. uh, all, all, all Reese needs to do is just call up uh, Tarantino and say, look, can I be in your next film? Yeah, that's all any actor needs to do. Actually, Four Christmases is what began her career downturn. In t- December 2007, she started working with Vince Vaughn, filming The Holiday, blah, blah, blah. The movie wasn't. It was working with Vince Vaughn was a downturn. <laughs> <laughs> I think working with Vince Vaughn would be a... Be fun, I reckon. Energy-sapping delight. <laughs> I, I, people give him shit. He seems like a nice guy. Yeah, he does. Bland, but nice. Uh, yeah. Look, I love Vince Vaughn in Swingers. Uh, I will forgive him for a lot of a lot of things because of how good he is in that movie. And Dodgeball. I think he's really, really good at Dodgeball. When Dodgeball came out, he was hot shit. Yeah, as well he should have been. Like, he carries that movie and does it really, really well. What movie is he in where he's like, is, it, is he in Godzilla? Some sort of like army no. sergeant of some kind. No, he's in, um, uh, it's the movie with Andrew Garfield, directed by Mel Gibson, The Ridge, uh, Heartbreak, Heartbreak Ridge? No, no, no. I'm, no, Hacksaw, that's Clint Hacksaw Eastwood. Hacksaw no, no, Ridge. No, this is, this is a while ago. Get, before we derail it too much, this is the last thing. Look up his filmography. Vince Vaughn filmography. I apologise, patrons, but this is important because it's going to bother me for the rest of the podcast. If I don't... I'm sure that is the only time he's ever been at Sergeant. But I swear it's like some sort of army You're deal. not thinking of Mr. and Mrs. Smith where he is, he not, is, kind is, of... he not, is he not the camera guy in Godzilla? No, that's Hank Azaria, No, that's it? Hank Azaria. For some reason, I'm picturing either... Jurassic Park? Are you thinking of Jurassic oh, Park? Oh, maybe it's Lost World. Yeah, that could be it. Yeah. I mean, he's a photographer. But he's a, yeah, that's it. That's, but but <laughs> like... That... But I guess there's like army in that movie trying to kill the dinosaurs and shit. I don't know. Yeah, and he has a bolt cutter. It's worthy of being in the army. There you go. We figured it out. <laughs> Should we get into the review? Uh, yes, let's. Enough stalling. Oh, a story. Actually, sorry. You've just reminded me of a story. Um, 
I actually might need to tell this story twice, once on this and once on the, the free feed because it's it's almost... I, I decided to, uh, rather foolishly, some might say, take, go for a bike ride the other day. Um, haven't been on a bike for a very, very long time and thought, oh, I had to go to the shops and rather than go in the car, I thought, it's only a couple of Ks, I'll ride. And then as I got... As I set off, I thought, you know what? It's really not far enough. Like, I'm not going to get a lot of benefit out of a 2K ride. So, I took myself on a big loop around some blocks and went down some streets that I haven't been down before. And then I went down one that I didn't realize was quite as long a road as it actually is. Did you get going? <laughs> yeah. Like, after, it, it, like, it went a long time. And then I had to turn back and come into a screaming headwind. Um, so, I'd done about 4.5Ks and I'm on... Ash's bike, which is like one of those girls' bikes with a basket on it. So, it's not a bike built for speed. Did it have tassels? No tassels, no. Uh, and I just was, my legs were burning. I was like, no, nah, I've just got to take a little break here. So, I hop off my bike and I start to walk a little bit. As I'm walking along kind of remote-ish country road, a guy looks about 32, 33, driving a ute pulls up next to me. Blonde, really nice face. He's got a ponytail. He offered me a lift, Dando. He thought I was in that much distress that I needed to be picked up. I said, nah, mate, I'm fine. Thanks, though. And but he you followed- also thought to yourself, Jesus, what do I look like? Well, no, he followed it up with, ah, nothing worse than getting a flat tire when you're out on the bike. I was like, yep, that's the reason I've had to stop. Yep. <laughs> the old flat tire. Anyway, it's fine. I don't, because li- then I'm like, don't let him see the bike. So I'm like, look, it's cool, mate. I don't live too far away from here. Thanks. And then I turned up a street corner that I've never been up in my life and just walked off and didn't get back on my bike until he had driven away. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Ash is like, why are you three hours late? The guy wouldn't leave. Yeah, that was, I very nearly called her actually. <laughs> There was a moment she where concerned. I, there was a moment where I was like, "She's gonna have to come get me. I'm not gonna get home." <laughs> the sheer embarrassment of being just re- called out as just unfit. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's good. You will have to tell that in the free feed. Mm. The bike, the the brake boat broke as well. The, the, I had no rear brakes for the majority of the oh, uh, shit ride. So um, you get home, Ash is like, "What the fuck did you do to my bike?" Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> It's like some so, blonde guy in a ponytail ran it over. Are you going to uh, ride a bike again or is that just it, one and done? No, no, no. I, um, I'm on a, a cardio little kick here. I, uh, I I did the stair machine after work today. Classic so. January kick. Nothing to do with January, I promise. <laughs> oh, I okay. do not. No, I don't believe in resolutions. I'd actually started trying this in the lead up to Christmas. But as we all know, Christmas is an awful time to try to lose weight because everyone just wants to give you pudding and... I'm only human. Who am I to say no? You say no like Dando does. No, I love pudding. <laughs> oh, pudding face Grinter. <laughs> yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, but anyway, I'm sure you're going to be a very sexy man in the near future. Sexier. Sexier. Thank you. <laughs> Holidays of future past. The original air date was December 11th, 2011. How long ago was that? That was uh, seven and eighteen seven and a bit years. years ago. Seven and a no, bit. Seven, 17. Sorry, yeah. We're only just ticked over to 2019. Not 17, seven. Yep. Stair <laughs> <laughs> uh, machine, Dando. I, I don't know who I am. You're thinking of Legally Blonde. That was released 17 years ago. I have never been found thinking of Legally Blonde in my life. 
Chalkboard gag. We got one this time. The cafeteria trays are not toboggans. That is true. And the couch gag is the Simpsons family are gingerbread people. They all jump onto a plate for Santa Claus and Homer decides to eat his own arm. Kicks off with Thanksgiving Day. It's all wrapping up. Everyone's very satisfied after eating their meals, kind of like us on Christmas Day. You just stuff well yourself. a little bit, except this is a joke that doesn't work in Australia. No, of because course not, no. we don't it's, have Thanksgiving, so well, we don't yeah. get the transition from Thanksgiving into Christmas. We are getting the Thanksgiving sales now, the Black Friday sales. Yes, we are, and uh, thank you very much to our American uh, listeners for passing on that particular tradition. I was going to say this. Whilst this particular gag doesn't work, if you change up to Christmas and Easter, it does. Uh, people the time lose, people not losing quite their the minds that, that hot cross buns are in supermarkets in January. Uh, yeah, I'll give you that. I walked into the supermarket today and a kid was saying to his mum, can I have an Easter bunny? She goes, you're not having Easter bunny. It's not Easter. It's not Easter. I was like, it's going to be Easter whenever the kid... whenever If there's Easter eggs, it's Easter in a kid's mind. Chocolate's chocolate, lady. It doesn't matter what shape it comes in. <laughs> that's that's true as well. well. I mean, the people the people that lose their mind over hot cross buns. You know, there's fruit toast available in the supermarket all year round. And you do realise that you don't have to buy it. But yeah, there's that. They only put it there because there's a demand for it. Yeah, exactly right. Easter Grinches. <laughs> who would be the, the Grinch who stole Christmas? It'd have to be like a Roman, the Roman Catholic who stole Easter. The Grinch who stole Easter. It's a film in the making. Let's work a bad on. one, sure. But, yes, uh, terrible. One. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> any, any movie about bunnies, always terrible. Well, what was that one that had the dude? Oh, not Watership Down. Which one? Watership Down. Never heard of that one. It's uh, oh, based on a um, classic novel about rabbits. What's that one that was voiced by the guy? Oh, he's a really annoying comedian who now like talks about conspiracies. Um, he was married to Katy Perry. Oh, Russell Brand. Russell Brand. Yeah, yeah. He he was the voice of a. Rabbit in a movie, wasn't he? Not long ago, was, was he terrible... in the um? Uh, oh, uh, Ferdinand. I don't know. It was it was a name. That was the name of the movie with John Cena. Oh, that like, movie. Yeah, I think he was in Ferdinand. Yeah, because there's a rabbit in Ferdinand. No, it's Ferdinand. not that film. No. I think it was called, actually. Bill. I think it was called Hop. Oh, okay. Well, then no. No. Anyway, doesn't matter. So uh, Marge says it's time to take some photos. We'll take the Christmas photo. Christmas card photos. Yep. Hippa! I'm Santa! Oh, now I'll never die. Get here the, the great time lapse that you mentioned before. And they, they do a great job. We get uh, Maggie. She's now the, the voice of a generation, I think. Is mm-hmm. that right? Yeah, like she's sort of become, based on the outfit, some sort of punk, uh, like a punk rocker, you would imagine. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Which is obviously the, the, the play on the fact that she never speaks and Bart yep. just never leaves. His life's just, nothing's happening, I guess. Uh, we find you out. Actually we actually thought. That? One of the biggest surprises for me in that montage is that Homer grows distant from Bart. Like, you actually would have... You could have imagined during that montage that Homer would have still been pretty accepting of the fact that that's the way Bart's life had gone. It's almost like Homer's matured, though. <laughs> yeah, well, that that is that is the first time we get that Homer has matured, that it becomes too much even for him. Yeah. I think as every future version of Homer and Bart... They've been together. The one I can think of the most is the Itchy and Scratchy in movie one. Mm. Like they've always been. Well, I guess Bart and Homer have always been similar. They've always played it up that they're, that Bart's going to grow up and just be Homer. Yeah. So yeah. So it was odd to see them the grow apart. It does show that Homer's different. But then we get to the uh, present time in regards to the episode, and Bart is now living in the primary school. Uh, Skinner's the landlord. And Itchy and Scratchy are now a hologram. And to me, I like this. I feel like this is exactly a public school 
20 years from when we usually see it, this is how it would end up. As, as boarding rooms without actually having changed the rooms. Exactly right. And it's going to be the landlord. Mm. Yeah, that'd be nice. Uh, I, I could imagine a couple of my principles actually from uh, my time just doing that, like not being able to move on. Uh, I, I liked the use of the pencil sharpener as a coffee grinder. Yes, that was yes. pretty ingenious. Um, Bart's just Robert Robinson Carusoing his way around the classroom to be able to live a normal life. I've always loved the idea of just when I'm older, just being a landlord who just walks up and down the stairs all day in my dressing gown and mockos, collecting rent. It would just be the easiest life. You know, um, one thing that you could read into actually in this scene, if you were so inclined, is that the fact that Bart, you know, itchy and scratchy's on and he just sort of, yeah, doesn't really care too much. You get the sense that it's dragged on, it's outstayed, it's welcome. The core it's demographic the has- show maybe. Yeah, the, the core demographic has moved on from it. Um, that That's perhaps a bit of a comment on where The Simpsons is at. And there's a couple little comments like that throughout this, like another one of Bart saying that he's been acting like a 10-year-old for 30 years. Yeah. Now, uh, at the time this went to air, obviously it hadn't been quite that long, but that's that's very much a, a comment on the fact that the show's been in stasis for a long time. We then get the kids arriving via tr- the transportation. This is something that I just can't see ever actually existing ever. Can you? <laughs> Teleportation, yeah. no. Uh, no, I've watched enough science fiction to know that that never ends well. And by that, I mean one. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen The Fly. And uh, the Simpsons version of The Fly. And the Simpsons version of The Fly. I've seen Star Trek. It seems to go well in Star Trek. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. We're in the wrong galaxy, though. But what this scene does is it shows that Bart just simply hasn't... What do you mean the wrong... Sorry, Star Trek's on Earth. Star Trek? Yes. I, I, honestly, I'm not going to lie. I've barely watched any Star Trek. Oh, well, no, Captain, the USS Enterprise, it's, it's like Earth's fleet to head out and... But I thought, they dis- left, I thought they left, went into a different galaxy. Well, they did, like, they go off and explore other galaxies, but they're still from Earth. The technology is on Earth. Wait, so are they ever actually on Earth? Yeah. Really? You should, you should watch the, um, the JJ reboot. It's actually a pretty solid movie. Chris Pine's very good in it. And then the, yeah, the second one, not so much, but the first one, quite good. I guess I've just never... Not that I don't want to like Star Trek. I've just never really bothered with it. Yeah, okay. Anyway. Out of loyalty to Star Wars? No, not at all. No, because I don't get the whole Star Wars versus Star Trek. They're two completely different franchises. Yeah. No, well, it's like WWD versus WCW. You could just you could just say, I'm a wrestling fan. I enjoy both. Or you could go, no, I'm going to pick a team because that's the way you know, my my brain functions. Uh, what this scene does is it shows that Bart just has not grown up at all because mm. he just wants to dump his kids at his mum's. Like, so we we learn here that he's got kids and he doesn't really know how to look after them or even want to look after them. He's not a very good parent at this point in the episode. And it's understandable why his kids wouldn't want to hang out with him because he's yeah. still a kid himself. Yep. Um, we then cut to Millhouse and Lisa. And I kind of feel sorry for Lisa because you watch it and you sort of think that she just married Millhouse, not out of sympathy, but it was just because... Uh, Let's just do this. Yeah, I feel like she's settled. Yeah. Although the fact that in all of, in the intervening 30 years that she couldn't really have met anyone else and she's still talking about Nelson as well, like surely Lisa could have gotten out and about and met someone worthy. It happens to a lot of people though. What both, happened men, to Hugh? Both, men, both men and women. Oh yeah, I know. Nicholas settled with me. I know that. Don't tell I her said though. Hugh, not you. Oh, what'd you say? <laughs> Hugh from the other future episode. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought you said you. But both, both work. 
<laughs> yeah, but I, I only want you to think I'm being mean to you when I'm actually being mean to you. <laughs> Millhouse hasn't changed at all. He's still a wiener, got all these allergies. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you just you just look at Lisa and you just think, oh, poor girl. But anyway, yeah. she, and she, it's kind of like she's stuck now because she's got the kid with him. Uh, yeah, definitely. That. Uh, yeah, like she she is in a point of no return. And it does it does kind of feel like a Homer and Marge relationship to an extent, where Marge kind of settled with Homer, a little bit. Yeah, I grant you that. Except Homer wasn't a wiener; he was just not a very just good useless. partner. <laughs> yeah, but that's a pretty common trope as well, just in movies in general. Like I think even in the Flintstone movie, there's some reference to the fact that Wilma could have married the guy, uh, someone Firestone, the guy that mm. invented the wheel. Well, The Simpsons was inspired by the Flintstones. Yeah, probably probably not the John Goodman starring no. movie, though. <laughs> From I don't think anything was inspired by that. <laughs> Good film, by the way. Uh, yeah, pretty solid. Um, not so much Viva, Viva Rock Vegas, but the I original film. Didn't funny. mind Viva Rock Vegas. Did not mind it. Wasn't as good as the first one, but didn't mind it. If it's yeah. on, I'll be like, eh, whatever. I'll watch yeah. it. None of the cast are the same. Can't have that. But it's not a. it's just a franchise sequel. It's not an actual... Yeah, I know. But still, John Goodman just owned the role of oh, Fred. Yeah, and Rick Moranis as Barney. Yeah, Rick Moranis as Barney was brilliant. Anyway, so back to the episode and Lisa's kid. She really is a brat. But I guess she's... And you can't just... I guess you can't just say, oh, she's just a teenager. Because not all teenagers are bratty like this. But she's... Mm. On television, this is what they portray a lot of teenagers as. Just don't want to hang out with their parents. Bratish, whatever. Yeah. Then we get to England. I like here the play up on like the Beatles. Um, Big Ben takes off. Big Ben, uh, the Beatles are the gargoyles and the Benny yep. Hilton. <laughs> the Benny Hilton was very funny. Yes, <laughs> I really liked it. Uh, Maggie's in there. She's she's not in labour yet, is she? She's just no. She's just pregnant, and the doctor said that she's not allowed to speak. Yes, like uh, the number of ways that they find to stop Maggie from talking in the episode is uh, pretty pretty funny. Everything looks great, Maggie, but until this baby comes, I don't want you to make a sound. But she's our lead singer, mate. I'm sorry, but recent research has shown that the umbilical cord is also a vocal cord. Now, can you tell me who the father is? Mm, we will not. Now, if you don't mind, I'd like to watch a football match. I didn't like that they sort of played it out like Maggie's a bit of a whore. Like, she's slept with all the band members. I didn't love that either. Part of me was sort of trying to trying to reconcile that in my brain. I was like... Uh, yeah, I, it was really hard to cop that this is someone that you've only ever known as a baby and she doesn't know who the father is. Like, mate, uh, yeah, I don't know. I was like, are they trying to normalise that? In which case, maybe I could see why. Or are they trying to make me think that Maggie has some flaws? Or are they trying to just make a comment on rock stars in general? Like, it was a, it was a difficult thing to work out what they were actually doing doing and what the point behind that was maybe also too because for the last you know 20 years of our life 30 years of our life we've always watched maggie as a baby yeah we don't like the idea of her growing up to be slutty like just no it it feels strange you know yeah it does um i bet you whoever wrote the penis joke pitched that idea definitely yeah so we also we forgot to mention that millhouse suggests that lisa goes to stay at marge's because of his allergies Mm -hmm. then we get to homer and he's reading the book in bed and this is the whole scene with the, the the future sex and blah blah blah. But Marge gets a B male, which is pretty cliche, but whatever. It's you know this is one thing that I I, I mean I get that B male because it's brain. But one thing that I don't love when the Simpsons do a future episode, or even modern day like in the modern Simpsons, is when they try to come up with a just slightly different enough name that a they can't name. be sued. Yeah. yeah, like they're never very funny and. 
I'd rather they just came up with something that didn't sound anything like Gmail or that they just got the rights to say Gmail. There's another one too. When they're, when they're taking the piss out of Apple and they called it Mapple. Yeah. Yes. Uh, uh, was that in this episode or was that something else? No, that's just that's a, an episode from like the season 20 or something a bit earlier. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, again, I, this particular example is not a great one of that because B mail, brain mail, that makes sense. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, I'll grant that. But um, it, it, I did like though when um Homer opens up the virus. Like, if, I mean, if you didn't have emails in your brain and you open up a virus, this is what would happen. And, <laughs> and Homer 70... being the stubborn Homer opens it anyway, even though he knows yeah. what's going to happen. I was going to say, and if you're a seventy year old man, you will open that virus yes, because yeah. that's what they do. <laughs> yes. Have you honestly ever opened up an email? When you knew probably a twenty to thirty percent chance this is gonna be fake, but I no. need to double check anyway. No. Oh, sorry. The only one was when we got offered a book deal. Oh, <laughs> I guess. Thankfully, you opened that one. Yeah, yeah. But beyond that, no. I, I, I don't have. If there's no attachment, sometimes I'll open it for a bit of a laugh, sort of see what they have to say. I love it when they misspell the word "hey" in the subject. <laughs> H Y. But anyway, we come back from commercial and little Christmas lights at the front and now a hologram. Much easier for Homer. Homer, as we learn here, is not drinking anymore. So, where he's doing his models and whatnot. The bit I liked about this was that whilst he has changed and he's given up the drink and he's a much nicer person, mm-hmm. a small part of the old Homer still exists when he says, I'll yes. just smash them all for a drink. This also happened to me when I was on my bike. Um, I had a moment where I was sort of like trying to commit to myself. I was like, why am I doing this? And one of the other things that I'm doing is not drinking beer th- for a month. Um, again, that screams January thing, but like that was just a case of not nah, get beer out of the system. I'm still drinking alcohol, just not beer. Um, but at one point when I was on my bike, I did say much louder than I realized I had said, Oh, I would do anything for a beer right now as a sort of 60 year old woman interactive wear sort of doing some fast walking, came around the corner. <laughs> and what was great is there was no judgment in all. She just looked at me in sympathy. It was like, mm, I get it, man. I've been there. <laughs> was she wearing a visor? Uh, <laughs> um, it wasn't sunny, but she had the exact face of someone that would wear a visor. <laughs> uh, Bart is then sorting the lights with his kids. And it's true. All the technolog- technological advancements, they can't figure out a way to unsort Christmas lights. I don't yeah. know. What, how does that shit get tangled? You put um, them into a bag, not tangled. You don't touch them, and then they become tangled. You keep talking for a little bit, and I will explain that to you. Keep talking? Are you going to Google it? Okay. I've got so, to Google something. <laughs> so it happens as well with headphones and just any cord in general. You mm. put it into a drawer, it comes out, and you swear they've been having a party in the drawer. You have no idea what's yeah. been going on. It's the most mind-boggling thing ever. Have you figured out why this happens, or...? Yeah, so this is from a cracked article that I read back in 2012. Okay. It's um, five scientific explanations behind everyday nuisances. Mm-hmm. One of them that they were dealing with is exactly that. So, um, don't think that... I'm quoting from the article. Don't think that science has just been asleep at the wheel on this. There is an entire mathematical discipline that specializes in how seemingly random tangles form. Not theory is one of the more popular pastimes among the mathematically well-endowed, and it focuses entirely on how the hell did this get entangled. What they found out is that it's a near mathematical certainty that a wire, string, or hose of any length will not in storage. To put it simply, and it gets very complicated, there is only one way for a cable to be straight, but there are a massive number of ways that it can be tangled. So, basically, it's just probability is the fact that because there are so many states that a knot can exist in, and only one of those is straight, 
it's just the way it works. But how is it moving? Uh, gravity, different forces, friction, all that sort of stuff. So, if you put a GoPro into the drawer and did a time lapse for a week, you would see the cords slowly tangling themselves by themselves. I reckon you would. That'd be really good to watch. That would be really good to watch. Hmm. In slow motion as well. Yeah. Not super slow-mo. That'd be great. Anyway, so, what were we talking about? Oh, Bart's holding lights with his kids. He learns here that uh, his ex has remarried. Uh, his, ki- his kids just... Uh, his kids... Not not like him, but they're just like, oh, why do we have to spend time with dad? He clearly mm. doesn't want to spend time with us. Yeah. Um, they're pretty cute, those kids. I will grant them that. that yes. Bart Simpson as a, like, because they are just Bart, but Bart as a young kid is very cute. So Homer walks in dressed as a snowman. Um, he's just taking the role of granddad and almost taking the role of father at the same time, doing what Bart should be doing. Which is but, what grandfathers do. Exactly. Yep. Definitely. Uh, he takes the kids to the merry-go-nowhere. This, this next scene, it's one of those scenes where it feels... It's weird for a number of reasons. So, uh, he says that Flanders rocks up the do- at the window and says that ever since Homer killed Edna, I've now gone and married the ghost of Maud. Mm. Odd now, in the sense that it's Maud's ghost, but also feels weird now that uh, Mrs. K is actually dead. Yeah, and uh, well, also if you ha- if someone like me and you haven't watched the intervening years, I was like he was dating Edna now. Yeah, he married <laughs> her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, a lot of fans would obviously know that, but yeah, it was just a, that was a jump for me that I was like, oh, okay, all right. Yeah. Well, that's where, that's where we're at in life. But I was also then like, did Homer kill Edna? Is that another thing that I've missed? I don't like it when they have ghosts and things in episodes that aren't like Trias of Horror or things like that. Just, yeah. I don't know. Maybe takes me out of the moment a little bit. Could grant them the fact that it's a future episode. Maybe ghosts exist in the future. <laughs> okay. Well, then at <clears throat> Heathrow Airport... And Maggie's not allowed to teleport because she's pregnant. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Same as there's rules like that apply to pregnant women now. Not teleportation, but you know you can't go on theme park rides and things like that. Yep. Yep. Uh, or so swimsuit must- models. Yes. <laughs> she can't be a swimsuit model and be pregnant. That's that that's is, a rule. That is a, a number one rule. Yeah. Uh, she must now use air travel. And like you mentioned, it's like Mad Max. The, the great scream, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, it's, it, that's like there's absolutely. Well, actually, there is a good point to it. It's one thing that I like. It's that they've slipped a parody in without being... It's pretty on the nose, but it's also just... It you know, it, it really sells the fact that airline travel is just this chaotic wasteland now in the future. Yes. We then get Lisa, and she's still not getting along with Zia. She's at Marge's house in the kitchen. And so, she puts this thing into her neck. She takes herself into the internet, and Lisa cracks it. And Marge tries to explain something to her. And this is what we get here is a moment where kids... It's like Lisa doesn't think Marge understands when later on she'll realize Marge knew exactly what she was talking about. And we've yeah. all gone through that moment where you're just like, Mom, Dad, you don't get it. You don't understand. It's like our parents have gone through the exact same thing. They know yeah. exactly what they're talking about. No, you don't understand. If I don't take this phone call and talk to this girl right now, she'll never talk to me again. Yeah, you don't get it, Mom. You don't get it. <laughs> but yeah, so then Maggie's on the shit flight. Suicide pills, mohawk gel, 20-year-old business week, turkey and brie rat. Do you have any dog food left? Oh, 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 could I have the whole can? I don't think I would ever want to eat dog food. But this guy seems uh, to love it. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, if your only other option was turkey and brie. Depends what... Uh, yeah, plain <laughs> brie. Yeah, plain, plain cheese is never good. You don't like plain cheese? As in cheese on a plane, not plain as in flavour. Oh, on a plane. Sorry. Yeah, gotcha. Like plain food, not good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Give me a tin of pal any day. If you, if you had to eat a tin of dog food, what, what 
uh, what flavor and what brand? Uh, I'd go Chum because I feel like all of chunky. the sort of well chunky, but it, they were also I feel like the gravy in Chum looked pretty good. Oh, see, I wouldn't want it liquidy. I'd want it like a like a thick uh, mm. loaf because the consistency of the gravy in my mouth. Ugh, no, no, thank you. It'd yeah, be harder to wash that taste out of your mouth. I think for me, the gravy is going to help get it down. Ooh, okay. And uh, but the listeners at home didn't think they're going to get a conversation about just, which dog food we want to eat. <laughs> just something plain roast beef. Something <laughs> something not too out of the ordinary. Chum roast beef. All right, listeners, send that in for Mitch. He'll he'll will you eat it for the for the patrons? If someone sends in a can of chum roast beef. No. <laughs> For a second there, I almost had him eating dog food. <laughs> Lisa uh, is sitting with Zia. Uh, Zia's still online. Lisa's just furious that her daughter doesn't want to spend any time with her. Well, not so much furious. I guess she's furious at her, but she's sad in the sense that she doesn't understand why her daughter doesn't want to hang out with her. How did, how did this happen? Um, yeah. Homer points out, no family tension and on Christmas. That's usually when family tension happens. <laughs> Yes, it's very rare that you can go through a Christmas without one of the family fighting with the other. Yeah, I think I told you that this is one of my first Christmases where it happened. Ever? Where, yeah. Where there was tension? No, yeah, there was no fights. No one oh, there said was anything. no tension. Okay. No, no you didn't no tell tension. me this. No, we didn't speak over Christmas. So what happened? Did oh, it feel well, weird or? We just had a couple of lovely lunches. <laughs> like, <laughs> no one went off on any racist theories. Like, it, no, one, no one accused the other of being a drunk or of not paying enough attention to them. Like, it was just a really placid Christmas. See, so last s- time we spoke about your family, you were talking about how there's usually a few racists there and you're like, I don't want to talk to you. Yeah, grandparents mostly. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Like, it's just that old-timer racism. Yeah. And they just... Don't question it either. No. Because then they get more racist. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but uh, getting back to the episode. So, Homer is taking the kids at downtown. And this... I don't know why, but I really like this gag. I get a get my invisibility cloak. Uh oh, because you can't find it. Yeah, where where is it? That yeah, basic I'll give you that. basic. But I got a good chuckle out of it. Um, we then get it's like a montage of Homer hanging out with the kids. I really enjoyed this. Yeah, same. Uh, the music probably had a bit to do with that. Yep, yep, definitely. Um, but yeah, a, a snake's now a, a cyborg of some kind, and he's invading the Quickie Mart. This is a cashless society. <laughs> what do, what do you want from us? <laughs> Releasing the hounds and they're just bones now. All, all this was really well written. I really thought this was done well. I didn't love the idea of the, of having to be made to think that dogs die. But outside of that, Lardlad is now the first church of Lardlad, and we get Maggie driving to the hospital, and Kearney is the bus driver. Oh, the bus driver, the, uh, the cab driver, cab driver, yeah. or cab operator, maybe because yeah. the the cab itself really is the driver. Yeah, I thought it, I, know, I know it's cliche, but I thought it would have been a nice little. Uh, Inclusion for a poo there, but I guess a poo would have been t- uh, not a poo. Uh, Otto, sorry, I guess Otto Thank would have been you. a bit too old by that point. I was gonna say, man, bloody hell! I talk about accidental yeah. racism or casual racism. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I mean Otto. I just you, you should have seen the look on my face. <laughs> it's like here it is. Three uh, years in, and Dando finally lets his true feelings out. No, uh, Otto, because we didn't get Otto in the episode. We didn't actually. That's a that's another thing. We didn't get many references from the older characters. Yeah, but I don't mind that to be honest, because that's why we talk about why the episode, what the episode does well. Like, it's got a lot of heart, and if you spend time just playing a game of oh, I wonder what everyone looks like in the future, then you don't really get the time to build that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we get back from commercial, and Lisa is still very sad. She goes out in the backyard, and the stars in the sky are now advertisements. Yeah, Cookie Kwan. 
number one in the East. Bart then invites her up to the treehouse and we get the, the great D&M. Um, I, yeah, I'll just play this clip because it's, it's worthy of it. Should I have married Nelson? Because we still talk on the phone. Nelson calls you? Well, someone calls someone. The boys think I'm a lousy father. Oh, poor Bart. My daughter thinks I'm a lousy mother. <laughs> Sorry. Meh, it's okay. But you know who took her side? Marge Bouvier Simpson. <sighs> What'd she do? She told me to relax and bake cookies. Did you bake any? Yes, I did. And they were some of the best cookies ever made in this house. But that is not the point. Well, Mom kept her hands off you and you turned out great. You think so? Maybe it's the court-mandated sincerity chip I got in my brain, but at least you're the person I always wanted to be. Aww. So yeah, it would make sense why Bart would be jealous that Homer is now spending time with the kids because Homer wasn't like this when Bart was younger. But like you said, he's a grandfather now. He's not just a dad. He's yeah. Bart will eventually get to that point, but, but Bart is now where Homer was 20 years ago. Yeah, pretty much. And, like, that's to be expected. Again, like, if you're doing this properly and projecting into the future, that Homer should develop and he should grow, and there'd be an element of him that's missed the fact that he doesn't have kids around anymore. I think they mentioned that in the, um, is it Lisa's wedding, where they say it's nice to have the whole family under one roof again? Uh, yes. I play up on that? Yeah. Keep it down in there. Yes. Then we get the trees that are alive. This is odd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a weird joke. And part of why that is a weird joke for me is that the tree only talks at the exact moment that the viewer needs to understand why the tree is talking. Also, Lisa asks how to get down, but presumably Lisa knows that trees are sentient beings because she's a smart character and she's from the future. Yeah, that is a good point. why would she have to ask that question? Yeah. Anyway, let's not nitpick too much. It's a nice episode. No, but I mean, you have to nitpick occasionally. You have to. Yeah, exactly. I just remember when we did our review of the uh, the episode where Maud dies. What's it called? Home Again, Natural Diddly. Everyone's like, all you did was shit can the episode. That's because well, it was a piece was of, of shit, shit episode. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Bart then shows the kids Krusty. And this is just a play on. It's kind of like when when my dad tries to show me MASH. Or not MASH, Happy Days. When they yeah. put on like Happy Days and it's like, see how funny is this? You're like, when do the jokes start? Yes. I, I'm just hoping that when, because this happened to Nicholas' little cousin. So, I showed Nicholas' little cousin The Simpsons, and he was bored out of his brains. Mm. If that happens with Elliot, life over. Well, probably will, and uh, I'd prepare yourself for it now, because, you know, it's just life. <laughs> It'll yeah. be different. He's like, he, he, little, little Zach's his name, he's like, can you put Octonauts on? I was like, Octonauts? You want Octonauts over The Simpsons? He's like, mm, it's boring. I'm like, oh my God, society's finished. How old was he? He is six. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Seven? Six, seven? Yeah. Yeah. Also, the same kid who said, we're kicking the footy on the weekend, right? And he, we had like pretend, you know, when you had pretend goals in the backyard. Yeah. And he kicked a goal. And I was like, yeah. And he goes, no, no, you can't, you can't cheer when you kick a goal because the other team feels bad. What? That's, that's what they're teaching kids now in Auskick. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Get the double cobra happening, son. That's why kids are sooks now because they don't know how to handle being put down. They don't know how to handle losing. Yeah, let's not get on a grumpy old man <laughs> rant, but but that is a ridiculous rule. You celebrate doing well. Yes. Don't, you don't cheer when the other kid kicks it behind or something. Like yeah, you, you know. have to like point in the faces or anything, but you let us celebrate being good at something. Mm. Anyway, so uh, 
But so Bart showed Krusty, and they they don't care. He, he basically just doesn't know how to connect with the kids. He's just he's still himself from twenty years ago. He hasn't grown up. He doesn't know what to do. Uh, Maggie is then in the the mangia. Is it the mangia wing? The mangia wing. Yes. Um, that whole sort of flow of Bible references. Um, just, I get the only th- odd thing about that is that this episode, while it's set at Christmas, doesn't feel much like a Christmas episode. So if you haven't been paying attention, it's like, why are they suddenly doing a Bethlehem kind of mm. bit? Um, as much as it makes, I mean, it starts I off Christmassy, but I, yeah, I can't pick on an episode for doing something that doesn't make sense if you're not paying attention to it. You should yeah. just pay attention. But yes. yeah, there was just an element that was like, Oh, yeah, that's right. It's a Christmas episode. Bart is jealous of Homer. How is he such a cool grandfather and such a lousy father? And I guess Bart's also just jealous in the fact that Homer's connecting with his kids in a way that he just doesn't seem to be able to. Like, what, yeah. what, what's he doing that I'm not? And a nice little throwback here that the way to uh, relieve Maggie's pain was to put a pacifier in her mouth. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, that, was, th- that was an example of a joke coming at me from left field. Like, not something I was expecting to see nah, happen. And it was nice, yeah. Marge- yeah, it's... Quick yeah. delivery. It was. It's much more like the pace that you used to of comedies in the nineties, where it's real rapid fire. It's not sacrificing time to let the audience catch up with the joke. They just hit yeah. you with it. Yeah. Marge goes and visits Apu and Manjula, and there's like a bajillion kids. Are they their grandkids? Is that what? Yeah. Doing? So the sixty-four grandkids. She then gets a B-mail while she's there about Maggie going into labour. I had to laugh though. So we recently had trouble with Elliot sleeping. He's he's good now, good as gold. We had a sleep specialist and whatnot come in and help us, but. There was a point in time where you'd leave the room and you'd try and close a door. <laughs> I remember once, this is, this is what got me the most, was I closed a door and as I started walking down the hallway, my ankle cracked <laughs> and woke him up. So, so this is exactly what reminded me, I had to laugh at this, is that some kids, when they're unsettled, this the slightest sound sets them off. That's why I thought this was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. Um, we get the sunjay and the cow. Then Lisa is too busy trying to snoop on Zia. She goes into the internet as well. Because she's, she's so busy trying to snoop on Zia, she ignores Marge's calls about uh, making going to labor. So she's mm. going to miss it. Um, she goes in, they call it, is it the ultranet? Is that what they call it? Not the internet? Yeah, the ultranet. Yeah. The ultranet. Why can't you just call it the internet? I, I guess well, it's I, in your mind. Yeah, I guess it's an upgrade of the internet. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of, have you seen the new Wreck-It Ralph film at all? Uh, no, I haven't, but it, I've, I'm aware that they've got a very similar vibe going yeah, on. Yeah, you actually it, enter the internet. Yeah, very similar. Yeah, um, it's not a bad movie, by the way. It's got all the different Disney franchises in the one film. Yeah, lots of princesses and Sarah Silverman. Yeah, and um, it's got all the Star Wars characters. It's got Muppets in it. It's got all the video game characters. Hmm. Um, so yeah, wants to f- people who want to friend uh, Miss Hoover, uh, Largo. I guess this is a way of incorporating all the older people. So it's like. Yeah, at um, a glance, they're all there. And they're all there, yeah. Also, there's um, Allison's there, Janie's there, Grandskipper Willie's there, and Mrs. K's in there as well, which is odd because they just made the joke about her being dead. But anyway. Yeah, that friend request must have been sent some time ago. Yes. We also get a bit of a transgender joke that even in the last six or seven years probably has not aged very well, the fact that she laughs at Martin having transitioned. Um, I don't think you could make a joke at that expense anymore. No, you really couldn't. Also, we get um Andy, the Prime Minister of Australia, the the guy with the... Oh, um, yeah. Oh, like in the Simpsons go-to special that, sort of subcategory. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, The guy with the boot, the one that kicked Bart. Yep. And the, the French guys. Do they actually have names? I'm assuming they have names, but they're just the French uh, guys. They do, but who would remember that? Nelson then calls. This here was a nice moment because this was a moment where she could have gone back to Nelson again, but no, she's going to decide to... She's at a crossroads. Her daughter's more important. She's going to get her life back on track. She hangs up on Nelson... Her daughter's far more important. 
Does she open the door? Does she not? She has to decide. Nice little mm-hmm. sort of uh, tease, I guess you could say. Yeah, it's like stumbling across, you know, your kid's diary or something like that. Bart is then driving around looking for his boys. A little District 9 reference that I appreciated. Yeah, that was nice. Um, Jeez, that's a good movie, District 9. Oh, it's one, it's one of those unexpected pots of gold. It's amazing. Yeah, it's brilliant. And almost to the detriment of Neil Blomkamp because he's not been able to come close to that again. And it's unfair to expect him to because he knocked it out of the park with his first one. But yeah, it's just such a solid movie. Not that it needed it, but I was really surprised I didn't do a sequel. Um, I wasn't, mostly because when you've got the sort of person that comes up with an idea like that, then they want to move on to the next idea. And it's not a property, so it's not like a studio gets to go, well, guess what? We're doing it anyway. Mm, yeah, yeah. Uh, to an extent. I mean, you get like people like Vince Gilligan who had a story in his mind for Breaking Bad, but then he went out and still made Better Call Saul. Yeah, different thing though, but it's also, mm. there's nothing that you add to that story by doing a sequel. Yeah, like I said, it doesn't need one. I'm just surprised. I guess if, a, if the studio bought the rights, it'd be three sequels by now. Probably. But it was a, yeah, a re- if you haven't seen District 9, I could not recommend that anymore. It's a, it's a great, great movie. Yeah, yeah, it, it's one of my, um, it's up there with my favourite sci-fis ever actually, but definitely in the last 15 years. We then get the gag with all the Ralph clones. It kind of worked because it fits the character. But yeah, I that's um, I enjoyed watching Ralph die over and over and over again. Kind of like a Who Killed Kenny. <laughs> yeah, is The Simpsons the kind of show where you could have Ralph die every episode? Like, uh, could, they have, no. could they have could they have killed Ralph every episode and just have him brought back? No, they couldn't have. I guess because he's a child. But could but Kenny's, like, they, they, Kenny's they, a they, child. They, so they, they kill Momanoff. You never actually see him dead, but yeah, but it's a different character. Well, I guess what my question should have been: Was there a character they could have done that with? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. Because. Molman is a bit of a reality-breaking character in and of himself, whereas, mm. yeah, you couldn't do that with Ralph. He's too established. Then we get to Moe's, and Moe's is now a crime scene. Did you notice two of the uh, outlines were Capital City Goofball and Sideshow Bob? Uh, I saw Sideshow Bob. I didn't spot the goofball. Mm. Another gag here that I thought was a bit silly was Lenny and Carl switching brains. Ah, it's fine. But it's just like Lenny saying, stop making me fat. It's like, but your whole character is about living at Moe's. What, why, why would he say, stop making me fat? Yeah, that's true. All you've done is drink beer for the vast majority of your life. Like, that's your character. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it is weird, though, watching it, uh, watching these characters with the other voice. It took a second for your, my brain to compute what was going on. There's been an animation mistake. Yeah, Marge uh, goes to visit Maggie. Uh, the bills are now two minutes apart, not the contractions. That's another one of those examples, sorry, of a joke where it's set up question punchline. Yes, um, true. Yeah, that was one that, again, I was like, nah, no. Just... Just not for me. Lisa realizes that Zia actually looks up to her because she does a bit of snooping. And I feel like this story needed that. But it was also good in the sense that we found out that, no, she was actually there partying, but she still does love her mum. Yeah, but she's still got to have some secrets. Homer then takes the kids to see Grandpa at the cryogenic lab. Kind of like a little bit of a Futurama gag here. A little bit, yeah. Or at least a reference to it. I like that. I mean, Homer's still being very cruel to Grandpa. I also like that they went, like, they drew Grandpa exactly the same, which makes sense because he disappears in that first photo. Yeah, true. Yeah, so he's just frozen the way he was then, yeah. Yeah, explains away why he hasn't aged. Uh, Cheaper than being in a nursing home. Makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Homer tries to convince the kids to give Bart a chance. So He means well. He may not be the best father, but he's he's trying his best, at least. But is he, though? Homer's sort of backing him, but it's important that Bart actually does the right thing here. Yeah. Oh, boys, 
I've acted like a 10-year-old for the last 30 years, and I swear to you, I will grow up and act like a 20-year-old, the way a divorced 40-year-old should. You're gonna have to do better than that. Boys, I'm a deadbeat dad, I live in a school, it's Christmas. The only thing worth anything in my life is you. <laughs> oh, Dad! You've taught us the meaning of Christmas, which schools are forbidden to tell us anymore. Mm. It's all sappy, but, you know, it's a Christmas story. You've got to get a bit of that, don't you? Um, well, I suppose if you're going to call it a Christmas... Like, it doesn't have to be just because it's a Christmas story. I think it's more just because that's the way the episode had been geared up. Like, the way it was... a way it was always headed. Did you um did you like that they had like the way Homer keeps freezing and then unfreezing grandpa? Uh yeah, I didn't mind that. It was um it was good uh, I won't say good delivery, it was good editing on the yes. delivery. Yes. Yeah. But it was also nice that Homer eventually brings grandpa home again anyway. Yeah. Then we get the family all at home, everyone's happy, everyone's reconciled, everyone's there. Time to take the picture like I do every Christmas and the pets have apparently evolved. Um, we got giant brains and whatnot. It ends with a bit of a festive take on the theme song. All in all, I think this was a, a really fun, nice episode. I really mm. enjoyed it. There's a few moments where you roll your eyes, but you're going to get that with new episodes because it's a different show. It's not the show you remember, but it still had this one had more than usual, had a lot of elements that we love about The Simpsons. Yeah, it did. And it made me, I don't know that it made me laugh real hard, but it did make me smile a lot. And sometimes yes. that can be enough. What do we learn, Palmer? What did you learn from the episode, Mitch? Uh, I learned that... Uh, what did I learn? That, um, you know, I forgot that what we learned was a segment. <laughs> <laughs> You've learned that we, done a, we do a segment called What'd You Learn? Oh, <laughs> Jesus. Um, I'll, uh, just, okay. On the well, I, I learned that school desks make a great makeshift esky. Yep, solid. Uh, I learned that some cartoons will never die. Alrighty, so well, no mailbag this week, obviously, because it's the Patreon exclusive that our friend Dylan Haggett. So once again, Dylan, you know you're going to be listening. Thank you so much for your $100 support. Really do appreciate that, mate. Hope you enjoyed our review of Holidays of Future Past. And I'm glad you chose this one because and this if- is one of the ones that I included in our book. One of the ones that you should be watching from the later years. This is yeah. this has always been a really, a really good episode that I've always really enjoyed. And I'm glad that he chose this. Yeah, I was going to say, I hope you've enjoyed our review of Holidays of Future Past and of Reese Witherspoon and Vince Vaughn's career. <laughs> and you also now know which dog food. I, oh, what did you learn? I learned that Mitch would eat dog food if peer pressured. Well, if the money was right. What what would the money have to be for you to actually consume a tablespoon of dog food? Um, oh, good question. A tablespoon? 10 bucks? Oh, that's going to happen. It's actually going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, someone asked me, or Dave at work asked me today, would I go see Nickelback for $50? I quickly said no. Yes, you and then, would. I would. No, I wouldn't. Um, yes, I you really, would. No, it's not worth my time for 50 bucks. But then he said, would you go see Nickelback in order to see Ben Folds? And I went, yes, I'd sit through a Nickelback anthology in order to see someone that I really liked. I remember whenever I think of Nickelback, I think of my mum being disgusted when their song came on the radio. I can't, I can't remember what the song's called, but it's something about... I like pants you better. Your feet. Yeah, I like you better on your knees or something. Um, it's I like yeah, I like your pants around your feet. I like the way you still say please. I like you better on your knees. Probably like it sounds like that'd be a lyric to that something, song. Something something like that. My mom's just like that's disgraceful. <laughs> that's whatever I think of Nickelback. I think of my mom hearing that in the radio and just being disgusted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alrighty, so that's our review of holidays or future past. So 
in about 10 years from now, we'll have a week off, won't we? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I would argue that in about 10 years from now, we'll have had several years off. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, Mitch. Any final words for our patrons? Uh, can I just be, instead of being funny, I'm just going to say, just like, go be, just be nice to your kids. Pick up your kids and hug them. I think that's like the biggest message from this episode. And if they don't have kids? Um, if you don't have kids, then... Hug the mailman. Hug the mailman. Do the dishes for your wife. You know, it's just... No, the rest of that sentence was going to get dirty. I don't want it to. I don't want to ruin the Christmas theme. What do you think the mailman would do if you just gave him a cuddle? Thanks for delivering this, man. I really appreciate it. You give him a cuddle and pat on the back. Um, well, in Australia, he'd fall off his bike. So, don't do that. Oh, but mine, mine's in a delivery van. It's weird. Oh, really? No, we just have someone getting around on a little 50cc. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and wearing the helmet. Yeah. Anyway, thanks for listening, guys. We'll catch you next time. See you guys. Shh.